You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. I'm Stephen Simcox, your host. Thanks for joining me. It is Wednesday, February 24th. I'm right this time. Yesterday when I was doing the pod, I was recording it on Tuesday morning. For some reason, I said it was Wednesday, which was wrong. Had to retract the whole open. I nailed the open this time. So you're welcome. I'm doing it right today. Uh, it is Wednesday, February 24th. I appreciate you joining me as we talk some TCU athletics. In the first segment, I want to hit on some football notes. I want to talk transfers. Uh, this has been a crazy year in the transfer portal uh, because of the extra year of eligibility. Rosters are um, more full than ever. I think there's a lot of guys that have found, oh, man, I'm looking at the depth chart. I'm not going to get to play. I'm going to move on somewhere else. So we'll hit on that. Uh, we'll also hit on TCU basketball valiant effort tonight against West Virginia, but they end up falling to the Mountaineers uh, by a final score of 74 to 66. So we'll break that down and I, I have a bone to pick. I am not typically someone who complains about officiating, but uh, last night was pretty brutal in a lot of ways on that front. So we'll talk about that, but let's start with TCU football and let's talk about some of these transfers that are coming in because there's a recruiting note, and I got this from uh, 247 Sports. Jeremy Clark um, was reporting on it also. It's, it's on the young man's Twitter account. TCU still active on the recruiting trail, and of course right now they're sending out a lot of offers for 2022-2023, but also still poking around and looking for uh, help in the transfer portal. They currently have five transfers that they've added to the roster. And yesterday, they offered New Mexico State transfer Jason Simmons Jr. Jason Simmons Jr. is a safety. Um, so, obviously, with the loss of Adarius Washington and Trayvon Merrick, they're going to need help at that safety position. Uh, he didn't play last year. Well, New Mexico State did not play football in the fall. Excuse me, I'll clarify that. New Mexico State did not play football in the 2020 fall season. They're only playing two games in the spring in 2021. But Simmons appeared in 11 games with eight starts as a true freshman in 2019, and he finished the season with 62 tackles. He also broke up three passes, forced a fumble, and had a fumble recovery. So around the ball a lot. Seems like he's a kind of in-the-box safety, had a ton of tackles, heavy hitter, which would be a good addition. I mean, they kind of need somebody in that Derek Kindred or Sam Carter role. Somebody's going to bring the wood be physical, and this seems like the type of player that would do that. Of course, um, he's getting attention from a lot of different schools. This seems like a situation where a guy didn't get a lot of attention out of high school, um, ended up at New Mexico State, and then played well, and now he has an opportunity to uh, play at a Power 5 school. But he's 6'3", 193 pounds. He has offers from North Texas, Western Kentucky, Purdue, Michigan State, and TCU. So we'll see where he goes. You'd think there's some hope there, though, with him being fairly close to uh, to Fort Worth and New Mexico State, closer than a lot of the other schools that have been named in that offer sheet. Um, and that could be another addition via the transfer portal for the Horn Frogs on their roster for 2021. But as I said, they've added five transfers, and I think all of these guys have a chance to make an impact. Chandler Morris, it'll depend on what the NCAA decides to do with eligibility and if there is actually a quarterback competition with Max Duggan. But Chandler Morris coming over from OU, 
Uh, Obina Ezi, who is a tackle from Memphis, that's been a starter on the offensive line there for the Tigers the last few years with the departure of TJ Stormont. I think he's going to have a great chance to have a starting job on the O-line. Defensive back TJ Carter, who was also at Memphis, he played corner there at Memphis, but uh, apparently he can play corner or safety. And TCU is going to explore some different ways that they might be able to use him this season. Kenny Turrier from UCF, a defensive end, and Aaron Hackett, uh, who is a tight end from Syracuse. All those guys will be a part of the roster in 2021. And 247 Sports, Chris Hummer, uh, who covers recruiting and just the, the national landscape for the site, he put together the top 50 transfers from around the nation. And as I said earlier, there were a lot of them. And CCU had two guys show up on this list, Obina Ezzi at 15, and then uh, TJ Carter also showed up at the list at 30. So both guys that transferred in from Memphis and are coming to Fort Worth made this top 50 list. Ezzy on the offensive line, I feel like is going to have the best chance to make an immediate impact because, as I said, that O-line, it was much maligned early in the season, and it seemed like it started to get better as the year went on. And I was really hopeful that TJ Stormont might come back because – uh, he seemed to solidify things when he got that starting job late in the year. And I think that combined with the fact that they were just playing lesser competition. I mean, you saw them do well against Baylor and Texas Tech and Kansas. They also held up pretty well against Oklahoma State, which had a good defense this past season. But for the most part, as that schedule got easier, the O-line started to look better. And they were effective in the run game for most of the season, but – Adding someone like Ezzy, who's just huge, is going to continue to help you solidify that run game. And then, you know, can he help you on the perimeter in the pass game as well by protecting the edge, which is such a huge part of college football. But he'll have a chance to come in and make a huge impact. And then T.J. Carter, the reason I'm excited about him is because of what I mentioned earlier, that versatility. His ability to play corner and safety, they're going to have some needs at that safety position. You always need corners in this 4-2-5 defense because you are asking corners in this defense to do a lot. You're asking them to play on an island in man coverage for a significant part of the game, and that's really difficult to do, but the defense doesn't work if you can't do that. And you saw some players emerge like Travis Hodges, Tomlinson, late in the year you know Keon Stewart can he come in and be great again um there's there's a number of players that are effective at that corner position so I think Carter might have a better chance to play safety but wherever it is in the secondary he adds some depth he adds some veteran leadership those are going to be important things going into the year so just a, a note there TCU offers a transfer um, from New Mexico State in Jason Simmons Jr. We'll see what his decision ends up being. And then they had a couple guys show up on the top 50 list as far as impact transfers go. And we'll be curious to see how that shakes out once the season starts. Coming up next, let's talk some TCU basketball on their game against West Virginia on Tuesday night. Before we do that, though, Let's talk about Built Bar. Built Bar is the most delicious protein bar on the market. I love Built Bar. They sent me a package recently of some peanut butter flavored bars, and it was amazing. I love the taste, and it's good for you. It's only 180 calories, um, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of carbs. It's good fuel for your body. It's something you can grab on the go. I've been using it for breakfast because if you're like me, mornings are pretty hectic. I'm trying to get my kids ready for school. We're trying to get out the door on time. And honestly, the last thing on my mind is cooking myself a nice breakfast. So it's easy and convenient to just grab a built bar and go. They have some great flavors, some sort of unique flavors like cookies and cream, 
lemon almond cheesecake, but they also have classic ones like chocolate brownie, German chocolate cake, um, and peanut butter that I said earlier. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. Get 20% off your next order. Go to BuiltBar.com today and save some money. One more time, that's BuiltBar.com. Segment two here on Locked On Horn Frogs. Stephen Simcox here with you. Appreciate you joining me today. And let's talk some TCU basketball. So the Frogs fall. This is the men we're talking about. They fall to West Virginia 74-66 to 66 on Tuesday night. And there are few, like, hard and fast rules I have in the world of sports. Um, you know, I'm not somebody who likes to draw lines in the sand on this stuff because I feel like sports is fun. It's entertaining. It's supposed to be fun. So let's not, you know, take it too seriously. But one thing I don't typically appreciate is fans that blame officials. Like, I, I understand, especially in basketball, that officials can have a huge impact on the game. And in basketball, I mean, really, you can mess up the entire flow of a game if you start getting whistle happy. You can send teams to the line and uh, change the whole outcome of it. I mean, one of my favorite teams in sports, the Dallas Mavericks, they lost the 2006 finals because they choked, but also because Dwayne Wade, if he went to the rim, there was a foul called, and he just lived at the free throw line for four games. So I'm watching this game on Tuesday night. And TCU is hanging around with West Virginia. They're playing pretty well. At one point in the first half, they had cut it to two. West Virginia closed the half strong, but they were still only down 37-31 going into halftime. In the second half, it turned into an absolute ref show. I mean, it was just every time West Virginia came down the floor, there was a whistle. They got in the double bonus very quickly. And Billy Wessels had this after the game. Billy's a good dude. Works for 247 Sports. TCU got called for 15 fouls in the second half. West Virginia was 10 of 23 from the field and 14 of 23 from the free throw line. So 23 attempts in the second half at the line for the Mountaineers. And part of this is this is what West Virginia does. Now, they are not the press Virginia team that you've seen in the past, but they're big, they're physical, they want to get to the rim. And they force you into some fouls. But when TCU forced the issue and tried to get to the bucket, it wasn't reciprocated. And it was just a huge disparity there in the second half. Now, if it's a, a totally clean game, does TCU win? I don't know. Probably not. I mean, they played well tonight. I think they would have had a much better chance. I'm not going to go as far as to say the refs like ruined the game. But it was noticeable the impact they had on Tuesday. And even as someone who doesn't like to blame referees because I think it's an excuse, it was bad on Tuesday. All that being said, they fall 74-66, to now 4-8 and eight in conference play. It's been a rough go. And Kevin Samuel had a nice night. He had 11 points, 4 of 6 from the field. R.J. Nimhard again, was big, 17 points. Really struggled in the second half, but was effective, you know, down the stretch. And uh, Mike Miles, he, he struggled. Seven points on the day, one of four from the field. Just wasn't, or excuse me, three and nine from the field, one of four from three. Just hasn't really been himself. And it feels like as the year's gone on, R.J. has kind of asserted himself more and more as the guy that they're going to go to, which is fine. I mean, R.J. is an experienced player. He's been a very valuable scorer for them. 
this was a much better effort than what we saw against Kansas State. I mean, if if they would have played like this against Kansas State, they would have won that game easily. They could not keep West Virginia off the offensive boards. Jarrett Culver had a nice game. Taz Sherman, who's from Missouri City, he was uh, great down the stretch. He had 23 points off the bench for the Mountaineers. Another guy that lived at the line, though. I mean, it, it, it's just hard to ignore how much the officiating had to do with uh, with the outcome of this basketball game. But I, I do like that TCU bounced back and played better on Tuesday. They looked like a competent basketball team. And that's a top 10 ranked Mountaineer squad that came in there and they had to fight. I mean, it was a game down to the last minute. And they end up surviving and they get out of there with a victory. So what's left on the schedule for TCU basketball? They play Iowa State on Saturday, and then we got some news today from the Big 12 Conference. There's a couple rescheduled games uh, that have happened. So right now the, the team's 4-8. and eight. They played 12 Big 12 games. You're supposed to play 18 Big 12 games in a regular season. They're not going to get 18 games in. They're going to play 16, though. So they're going to get pretty close to all the games um, that they had on the schedule played. They're playing Iowa State on Saturday at 5, and then the rescheduled games. Tuesday, March 2nd, they'll play Texas Tech. Thursday, March 4th, they'll get West Virginia. And Sunday, March 7th, they'll get Texas. So this can be a tough stretch. You're talking about your last three games of the season. It's in one week span. It's in a one-week span. It's against three ranked opponents. Now, Texas Tech is kind of in a bad way right now. Texas is struggling as well. But they're obviously much better teams than the frogs and they're gonna have a great chance to win when you know they play tcu so that's your uh, that's your last four or five games of the season the games that you miss that won't get played again i know they're not going to play baylor and there's one more game there's one more team in the conference they haven't played twice and i'm sorry i'm, I'm blanking on who that is right now but by my count they're going to have 16 conference games played so what do you want to see because i don't think this team this team's not making the NCAA tournament uh, I don't think the NIT is even really going to happen this year, but I feel like they're not going to be a part of the NIT either. So what do you want to see down the stretch here? I mean, one thing is I just think as much as, as I love RJ, but as much as you can get Mike Miles the ball and give him chances to make plays, he's he's the future of this program in my eyes. Can you get Kevin Samuel more involved down low? Can you play better defense? Another guy that has caught my eye the last few weeks, Taron Frank. He came in that Iowa State game when the chips were down and gave them a spark, and he's played well ever since. That's some of the stuff you want to see down the stretch here, but obviously you're sitting eighth in the Big 12. You lost that game to K-State. Any postseason hope is more likely gone, but maybe you can finish strong down here with, with a couple games against ranked opponents and a chance if you can beat Iowa State on Saturday to continue to gain some confidence as the year goes on. We'll come back and wrap things up. I do want to talk to you about betonline.ag, though. Betonline.ag, they are your online sportsbook experts. Run by Lee Sterling, who runs Paramount Sports. Betonline.ag has all the latest betting news and notes, and, and it'll help you. They'll get you set up with all your needs. They have great sports news. Um, they also have you know good prop bets to go on. Lee's going to give you the best advice to make some money, and you can get a 50% sign-up sign bonus 
if you use the promo code locked on when you join. So go to betonline.ag, join today, use that promo code locked on, get the latest in college basketball, college football when it comes back around, um, the NBA, everything you need to know, your one stop shop for sports news and gambling advice, betonline.ag. Final segment here on Locked On Horn Frogs, your daily TCU podcast. Uh, tonight, the TCU women, they are back in action against Oklahoma. And I know it's been a tough year for the TCU women. Lauren Hurd still having a fantastic season. She had another huge game the other night against West Virginia in what was a tough loss, 81-78. to But they have been playing, similar to the men, they've been playing more competitive games lately. They beat Kansas State about a week ago. And a chance down the stretch here, their remaining games, they play Oklahoma, Kansas State, and then Oklahoma again before closing the season against Texas on March 7th. They beat K-State earlier this year. OU is another team that's sitting towards the bottom of the conference. So can you finish strong here? Can you kind of get some confidence to springboard you into next season or to springboard you into the Big 12 tournament? You, you have an opportunity against some teams that are at a similar level record-wise against OU twice and then Kansas State sandwiched in between those matchups with the Sooners before, again, closing that regular season against Texas. Hope the Lady Frogs can maybe get some momentum. Of course, you do have that outside shot if you can get hot in the Big 12 tournament, but it's going to be tough with Baylor, Iowa State, uh, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, a lot of good teams in Big 12 women's basketball. I wanted to say I was going to wait until the end of the night. I just couldn't do it tonight. Had some other things going on. TCU baseball at the moment I am recording this this is going to change between now when I'm recording this and when it goes up tomorrow they are leading Texas Southern 10 to nothing in the fourth inning the bats have finally come alive a little bit for the frogs you imagine that was going to happen they had a really tough weekend swinging the bat against some very good opponents in Old Miss and Mississippi State and finally Arkansas uh, but a much better night offensively tonight as they jump out to that 10 nothing lead against Uh, Texas State so assuming they hold on and if they don't you guys can kill me uh, tomorrow because I obviously jinx them they'll get to two and two on the season and that will set them up for that series against Liberty this weekend um, which should be a good one all those games on ESPN plus so if I know a lot of you don't have flow sports I didn't buy it either that was what the Big 12 SEC tournament was on but maybe if you want to give ESPN plus a go that's where those games can be found so that's kind of your primer for TCU sports going into Thursday we'll talk some more TCU athletics tomorrow thank you for joining me here on Locked on Horn Frogs again Locked on Horn Frogs your daily TCU podcast part of Locked on Sports Podcast Network your team every day